Our second scripture reading comes to us from the New Testament book of uh, Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. Listen for God's word to you. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Two interesting scripture passages today. Thank you, Aaron, for your reading as well. I wonder what it means. Good morning. Uh, once again, this is the time when normally I would say hi to those watching at home on Facebook Live and YouTube, although apparently um, they're not going to see this. Maybe they'll listen on the sermon podcast later. Um, you can find it on iTunes. So it's great to be back with you. I was away last week, as you all know, and I got to watch online from a distance, but it's nice to be together and to see you all here today. Um, this is our pancake breakfast uh, mission fundraiser morning, as you already know, and it's your chance to support our high school students as they prepare for this mission trip that they're going to take, building houses down in northern Mexico. I was talking to a mother of one of these students who's going on the trip uh, this week, and she told me that two years ago, her daughter went on the trip, and she said it was a life-altering experience. She said her life of the life of her daughter was changed, and uh, she started to see the world in a really new and different way. She was opened up. She said that it led directly to her decision to go for what to study in college, where she'll go next year. She wants to get a nursing degree as a way to help people, because she learned about helping people on this trip. And it's so encouraging to hear that kind of a story um, from some of the people who experienced this mission. Um, because it, it tells us that something, some of the ministry that our church is engaged in, including this opportunity, uh, really can have a transformational effect on somebody's life. It means that for a student like that, or, or maybe one of us even here today, that as we grow up in faith and in action, our lives are being formed and reformed and transformed by the work of God that's present with us. That's my hope for all of us, that we would all continually be on a transformational journey throughout the course of our lives. We're in a sermon series this month, as you all know, where we've been talking about a number of interesting topics like um, holy dissatisfaction, holy gossip, holy disobedience, holy envy. And today in our grand finale, we are talking about holy guacamole. So yes, um, to be honest, I kind of ran out of ideas. But don't worry, because the Lord provides, always provides, and has provided us today with um, a reading from the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, which is the wisdom literature of the Bible, and the New Testament book of Hebrews. Uh, and so we're going to see what God's Word has to say to us. I want to focus us on this idea of transformation, of a, a lifelong, ongoing action of God in our lives, and the ways that um, we are transformed, not once a long time ago, but continually and moving forward. Um, so first of all, just speaking of guacamole, anybody like guacamole? Raise a hand. Anybody here guacamole? Yes. Thank you. Um, does anyone not like guacamole? <laughs> just, just go, bro. Thank you. All are welcome. All are welcome. Um, so we know that the main ingredient of, that's the bass player, yes, uh, the main ingredient in uh, guacamole is, is avocados, right? And here in California, we have delicious avocados. Even though they're kind of expensive, they're really uh, good. And um, the avocado, 
The humble avocado goes through a process of transformation to become guacamole. And here's the process. You cut it open, you take out the pit, you scoop out the goodness, and then you like mash it up and smash it up and pulverize it and pulp it and mush it and smush it. It's a process that for an avocado probably is not that pleasant, right? To be smushed and mushed and mashed and bashed. But that's what it takes for an avocado to become guacamole. That's the process it goes through. It's a transformational process, and it involves a level of pain, discomfort, things that an avocado wouldn't choose for itself, and yet it goes through it. On the other side, it becomes something delicious, something different, something better maybe than it was, but the process involves pain. And I want to suggest today that that's one of the ways that we can grow in our lives. One of the ways we are transformed in our lives is when we experience the realities of pain or suffering, even loss, things we wouldn't choose, we don't want to go through, and yet in this world we do. This can be a hard teaching for us, a hard word from the Lord, because none of us want to experience suffering, and none of us would choose that, and yet it's a reality of this world. In fact, in the Bible, uh, Jesus makes this very clear. He says this, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world you will have trouble, Jesus says. He doesn't say maybe you'll have trouble, if you have trouble, might have trouble. He is saying you will have trouble. Jesus is speaking directly into the true reality of the world in which we live. We will face trouble, each of us, but we will do it he says, take heart. We will do it with faith. We will face that trouble with faith. Take heart, for I have overcome the world, says Jesus. In the Old Testament scripture that we looked at today from uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, we get a similar picture of what life is like, right? It's sort of this um, philosophical meandering uh, discussion about the meaning of life, which it says is sort of meaningless. You can't control it. You can't determine it yourself. We're not in charge of our lives, even though we, we have the illusion that we are. It says this, when the clouds are full of water, it's going to rain. When a tree falls in the forest, wherever, wherever it lands, that's where it lies. It's kind of a straightforward accounting of like the ways of this world. Trees fall on the forest. If you happen to be walking on the forest, it might fall on you and you'll get crushed. Welcome to life, according to Ecclesiastes. This passage uses all these images, right? That was for, yeah. All these passages of like rain and clouds, falling trees, crops that are growing, wind that's blowing, all things that we have very little control over. It uses investment language. Anyone invest in the stock market and then watch it go up and then watch it go down? You're like, what happened to my life? That is this description from the Old Testament of the Bible about what life is like, out of our control. So it's, in a sense, meaningless. You can't do it, except for the people of God. We are being formed by the one who is with us through every high and every low, every rainstorm, every falling tree. God is with us. Pain is a transformational, has the, pan, the possibility of being transformational in our lives, if we lean with God into that time. So the question is kind of like, how will we respond? An avocado gets smashed and smashed to become guacamole. And we too can become holy guacamole if we walk with God through these hard things. 
Some people who know this, this reality best are those who are in the addiction recovery community. And every church that I've ever been associated with has had folks in, in addiction recovery in their midst, and our church certainly does. It's a blessing in our church to have folks who have been to the edge of oblivion and have come back or in the process of being changed and formed, maybe through an AA group, maybe on a healing path of some kind, and are on their way back, not by their own power, but by the power of God in their midst, in their lives. Nobody would want to go through that. No one would choose that kind of lack of control that addiction has on people. And yet, even in that time, God can meet someone and change their life. This can be the case in, when it comes to grief as well. I'm looking around and seeing some of you I know who have experienced deep grief and loss. There's a book. Um, it's, called a grief, it's called A Grace Disguised by Jerry Sitzer. We've talked about it before. He's a professor at Whitworth University up in Spokane, Washington. It's a Presbyterian-related Christian college. And it's a book that he wrote after a car accident. And in this single car accident... Um, three generations of his family died in a single day. And in this book, he, he reflects on and talks about what it was like to be pulverized in his life by this terrible accident, the toll that it took. And then he gives the idea that a soul, we, can grow through pain and loss. We can actually grow through the realities of pain and loss. Our innermost selves, who we are as God's people, are actually changed and formed when we experience hard things. He says that here's your life, your soul, your sense of self. It's, it's this big. And in, in grief or loss, it can feel as if we get shriveled up, as if everything good has been taken from us. It can make us smaller if we let it. But then he says it's a grace disguised because the hardest things are the best things. That's when we rely on the grace of God. So instead of becoming shriveled and small, our soul in loss can expand, can grow, to include the reality of the pain and also to make space for more things, for the goodness of God, for redemption that can come, for healing that we can find. I wonder if that's part of a transformational journey, not letting the things that hit us define us, to know that our, who we are in our deepest selves is bigger than the worst day of our lives. It's bigger than the worst decisions we've ever made. It's bigger than the hardest losses we've had to deal with. That's a transformation journey where at the end of it, we are holy guacamole. At the end of it, we are more than just an avocado on a shelf. If you are somebody here today and you've, you've gone through a time of loss or grief, I recommend this book, A Grace Disguised by Jerry Sitzer. You can look it up. So that's one way that people grow, through a transformational process of getting pulverized like an avocado becoming guacamole. But, and I wonder for you, um, if you identify with that, um, what is the area of, of hardship or of hurt or of pain that you've experienced? And have you grown through it or are you in it right now? What does that look like for you? 
Second way, though, a second way that people grow, not just is being pulverized and, um, and broken down, but also another, way, another aspect of um, guacamole is that there are other ingredients. You notice in good guacamole, it's not just avocados, right? There's other ingredients that get added in. There's cilantro, there's, you chop up some onions, there's salt, maybe some lime. What else do you put in an avocado? Oh, tomatoes, yeah, chop up some tomatoes. What did you Peppers, jalapenos? Oh, you guys are getting spicy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the best guacamole is not bland and mild. It's got flavor, right? It's got taste. It's actually really complex. It's great. Somebody's shaking their head. You like it mild. Okay, I understand. But it can be very tasty. The second way that we can be transformed, we're talking about transformation today. One is through pain and suffering. We can get squished by life, but we're transformed by it. A second way is a healthy encounter with different people and perspectives. A healthy encounter with different kinds of people with different perspectives. Somebody said the difference is the spice of life. And that can be true, right, when we get new ideas. One of the blessings of being part of a church family, especially one like ours, is that we are multi-generational different age groups. We span the political and theological spectrum. People are at different places on their faith journey and have different views about um, the events of our world and how to think about them. We're increasingly multicultural. It's part of our identity, so people have different backgrounds than we have. This is a chance for us to, uh, there's a chance for us to know and grow with people from different backgrounds. That's like the input. That's the, some of the flavor of our lives comes from being in a community, a church community like this. Here within this Christian community where we share faith and values, we also can be challenged in our thinking. We can also hear someone else's story that's so different from our own story, and it helps us to grow. I love it when God sends us people to be part of our church from like the global church, from people who have different backgrounds. When I see uh, friendships formed across some of the divisions and divides that normally out in the world would keep us divided. You know, this is a world that loves to chop up into segments, market segments, and keep people apart. But the church's mission is to bring people together. We center on Christ, and in this place and in our faith, we find unity even with diversity. So those things go together well. It's one of the most powerful ways we can grow. The most powerful ways you can grow, if you want to, is to seek out friendships and relationships with those who have some difference from you. It's the spice, it's the flavor um, that, that helps us uh, to become holy guacamole. I just don't, I don't know about you, but I myself don't want to have just bland, mild guacamole. I want my guac to have some flavor. I want my life to have the flavor. And part of that is here in our church and maybe out in, in your relationships in the community as well. So who is in your healthy mix as you think about that idea? Who's in that mix for you? Who brings you new perspectives on life? Could be a person you know, could be a book you're reading, a podcast you listen to, a group you're a part of. We all need that kind of healthy mix of input um, to make our holy guacamole. Who or what is part of that for you? Third one, third idea, okay? We've got God's transforming work through hard times when we get pulverized like an avocado, squished and squashed. We've got God's transforming work as the spice of life when we get new input from other people in our lives, um, other ideas, other ways of thinking. That's important. That helps us grow and change. Third way we can grow is by focusing on our purpose. 
we, we, when we focus on our purpose, it can help us to grow. Here's the question. Um, why do you ever make guacamole? Just, you don't have to yell it out. Just think. Why would you ever? No, not, no I'm not asking you, David. You're, 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 a, you're a hater. Um, for me, I don't make guacamole when I'm just sitting around by myself at home. I make guacamole because it's the big game. Friends are coming over. It's a gathering. It's somebody's birthday. Uh, in, in our family, um, Lisa's brother, Kevin, makes the best guacamole. And so if he comes over and he's making it, you know it's an event. There's a reason behind it, right? Guacamole is a kind of thing you don't just make you know, on a regular Wednesday. You make it for something that's fun, something that's important, something you want to celebrate. And so it's the same thing um, when we talk about the transformational work of God. If you want to, your life to be transformed, focus on your purpose. Do it on purpose. Make guacamole for a purpose. Okay, I'm stretching a little bit, but you're with me. You're with me, church. <laughs> Pursue the things that you're passionate about, interested in, that deeply matter for our world. To know and understand your why. Why am I doing this? What do I care about? That's the purpose you have. In John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and they are concerned that he's over overworking himself. You know, he's out there healing and helping people all the time, and they say to him, teacher, come and have something to eat. And they're trying to kind of pull him away from, from his work in the world. And this is what he says. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. So Jesus says, listen, my food, come and eat something over here. No, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Jesus actually gains strength and sustenance by focusing on his purpose. He gains strength and sustenance by focusing on the reason he has come. And when he's doing the will of God, when he's focusing on something that matters to him, it's like he's getting filled up. He's getting energized. He's being formed for who he's supposed to be. Holy guacamole is made on purpose. It's not random. It's not accidental. It's not just whatever happens, happens. There's something powerful about focusing on the things that matter most to us, what we are made for, and what God has given into our hands to do. I wonder what that would be for you. What is, just as you think about it today, what is your purpose for your family? What is your purpose when it comes to your work? What is your purpose when it comes to your neighborhood or the community you live in? What is your purpose here in our church? What is your purpose in your online life? What is your purpose at this age and stage that you are in right now? The best guacamole is made for a purpose, the, an event or a gathering that really matters. And holy guacamole is the same way. When we focus on our purpose from God, we're getting transformed. We're growing into who we're meant to be. I'll finish with this. Uh, today is this pancake breakfast fundraiser, as we know, and we are really just hoping to bless our students and encourage them and support them as they get ready to take this uh, Mexico mission trip. Uh, the students and those caring adults, those brave caring adults who are going to go down and sleep in tents with them um, and work all day. We know that this kind of experience can be transformational. It can begin the process of seeing the world in a different way, seeing poverty, meeting people whose lives are really different from our own or from their own, crossing a border, 
learning something about what it means to work in a cross-cultural way. And I'm thinking about that student whose mom I was talking to um, this week, who was telling me that this, this trip had been life-transforming for her daughter. She used that word. And I believe it was, but I also believe it was a, just a starting point. You know, this wasn't the end of her transformation process. I went to Mexico and built a house with my church youth group, and now I'm transformed. I don't think so. I think it was a starting point, a point, a, a point along the way of that transformation process. We all need those points in our lives, but we have to understand that it's a lifelong journey. Yesterday, uh, outside, we had a new members class of uh, folks who come in, coming into the life of our church, and I said what I always say, which is that I want it to be easy for people to join our church. Becoming a member of our church should be easy because following Jesus is hard, right? Following Jesus is a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong discipleship walk. And that's what this transformation process we're talking about is like. It's not a one-time event, one-off. It's an ongoing, years and decades-long process. So that's good news for us, that this process, whether it's through pain and suffering, whether it's through input and new people and perspectives, or whether it's through focusing on our purpose, all of this can be used by God to transform us, to make us and remake us into the people we're meant to be. So that's my prayer for you. May our lives be a gift to God this week. Amen.